Welcome to the Nieces Nugs Podcast. What's up, friends? Welcome back to Nieces Nugs Podcast, episode 18. Sorry for the two-week delay. Hope you had a wonderful 4th of July holiday. This past week, I was traveling with students in Salt Lake City, Provo area as we were serving local church plants, and I didn't get around to recording a podcast, but I want to bring you some good news. The plan this week is to release two podcasts for your consumption. The first one today is going to be a podcast about updates, about traveling, about some things going on, and even about my most recent trip. The second podcast is going to be a one special podcast about Yellowstone National Park and Grand Teton National Park and how you can visit in one day for an epic day of adventure. Let's kick off today's podcast, though. First of all, some updates. Number one is this. The Hamilton Lottery still works. That's right, friends. I have encouraged you. I have pleaded with you. I have urged you to apply for lottery tickets if you're interested in seeing Broadway shows. And I've also told you that the Hamilton Lottery is traveling around. Hamilton shows traveling around the country right now. And you have the opportunity to enter the Hamilton Lottery in all kinds of cities. And in fact, it happens to be in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm a two-hour drive away from Charleston. And I won the Hamilton Lottery once again. Yes, that's right, friends. I won the Hamilton Lottery. Friends, if you do not enter, you will not win. But if you enter, you just might win. I got a notification on Thursday saying you have won the opportunity to claim two tickets to see Hamilton in Charleston. $10 a seat. Jumped at the opportunity. Friends, you could take advantage of these things as well simply by following my advice on Nisa's Nugs podcast. Super excited to see what happens to Hamilton on Wednesday. So just so you know, it still works. Enter. The worst they can say is you didn't win. Also, I don't know if you saw this, but there were a recent story about Delta. I think, believe it was flying from Grand Rapids, Michigan, offering customers upwards of $10,000 to get off the plane. That's right. They had oversold the plane. They needed to move some people, and they were getting customers moved. They needed eight people to get off the plane. And I can tell you this, if I had four people traveling with me, we would have got off much quicker than the 10 grand. We would have got off around five grand. But here's what I want to say about that is you never know what's going to be offered and what you can take advantage of. On a recent podcast, I encourage you, be prepared for travel disruptions. Be open for the opportunity to move. And if you're flexible enough, you might score some deals. I guarantee you this, the people that got off that plane are thankful for their wallets being lined with Delta's money because their flight was changed. On my most recent trip, I flew on American Airlines and I flew on Delta. And on American, I had the opportunity, my flight was oversold, to bid a specific price to see if they would accept it to get me off the plane. You're not under any obligation for this to go through until they finally confirm it with you at the gate. So let me just tell you this. If you're interested, if you're flexible at all, put in a bid, put in a high bid. You never know what's going to happen. Don't undersell yourself. And so what I did was I put in a high bid, what it would be worth for me to get a car and drive to the location that I was flying instead of taking that flight, realizing that I would get all of that money in my pocket, my flight would be refunded, and I would simply get there about the same time or sooner than I would have even if I had been delayed on the flight. So be prepared for travel disruptions because it might just give you an opportunity. I'm hearing stories all over the place of people being delayed and flights being changed. In fact, on my 
most recent trip, two of my flights were delayed significantly, but I was able to bump to an earlier flight both times. And so my travel wasn't impacted, but it very well could have been. And so you just need to be prepared for that. Another update is this. For the fourth time, the vote on the Spirit Frontier merger has been pushed back. The deal is not done. If you go on Frontier's website, they actually have a frequently asked question page about the merger, about the deal. And it seems kind of premature at this point because it doesn't look like it might actually happen. In fact, there is an advising group that came out and said, do not go through with this if you're Spirit Airlines. And so I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm very curious to see if it's going to go through. JetBlue is making a late push to acquire Spirit Airlines. But ultimately, they're framing it as if this is good for the customers. But hopefully what we see is, is that it's not simply lining their pockets, but it's helping consumers travel at a discounted rate. So where have I been? I went to Salt Lake City. I do campus ministry work, and I work with uh, college students in South Carolina and took some students out to Salt Lake City, Provo area, where we have church planters planting gospel-minded churches in the valley. And we also have students that have been serving out there all summer long. And so this trip was kind of multifaceted. We got to go see students and hear their stories and encourage them their last couple of weeks living out there. We also got to serve alongside some church plants and do things like that. And it was an incredible trip. It was gone for a week. And I actually utilized some of the very same things that I've been promoting on this podcast. That's right. I flew from Myrtle Beach to Charlotte doing a hidden ticket, a ghost fare, if you will. Now, a couple things about this. For those of you who don't understand, sometimes it's cheaper to fly through a city to another city but get off in the first city than it would be to just simply buy a ticket. So, for example, in Myrtle Beach, I looked up a fare, and for me to fly from Myrtle Beach to Charlotte, it only goes on American, a direct flight, that flight would have been about $300 one way. However, I looked and found a flight from Myrtle Beach to Philadelphia that goes through Charlotte, and the fare was only about $150. That's a $150 difference, and I'm on the exact same plane, except for I'm just not taking another flight. And so I did this. I flew from Myrtle Beach to Charlotte and then got off the plane and did not take the second flight. Now, the thing you got to be careful of in this is that I was meeting students outside of security in Charlotte. And I was a little worried about going through security and timing things like this. And I had carry-on bags and whatnot. So I actually loaded my TSA pre-check onto both flights. And it kind of got me in a little bit of a squirmy situation because the TSA agents both times scanned my ID and they both looked at me kind of weird and be like, where are you actually flying to? Because in their system, I had end destinations on Delta Airlines in Salt Lake City, but on American Airlines, I had an end destination in Philadelphia. And so they're trying to figure out what's going on, kind of played it cool, got through security, but it's something to keep in mind that if you're going to do that on two different airlines, which you have to do it on two different airlines if you're doing a hidden city ticket and then going somewhere else, because if you don't take the second leg, they immediately cancel the rest of your itinerary, which means if I had booked a round trip ticket, the round trip portion would have been completely canceled. But since I was flying American Airlines one leg and then Delta, it didn't correspond and I was able to do it and do it at a discount. Now, I flew Delta from Charlotte to Salt Lake. 
I prefer Delta Airlines and I have a Delta card and I accumulate Delta points and I'm almost to the point where I'm um, up to a specific medallion that's going to give me greater updates earlier in the thing. Right now I get some upgrades kind of the day of or just prior to ticketing. And so I was hopeful, four and a half hour flight, four hour flight ended up being, I was hopeful to get upgraded on this flight. And I did, but I had a great seat prior to that. I had a nice exit row seat ready to roll. They upgraded me to Comfort Plus free of charge. And as I'm getting on the plane, I get to my seat in a Comfort Plus, nice plush little electric leg room. I look over and there's this nice couple that has probably a two-year-old, maybe a one-and-a-half-year-old sitting in the lap of the person sitting on the window. And as I put my stuff down under my seat, I see a dog. Yes, that's right. A dog was in a little bag and the dog kind of leaned over and started sniffing my feet and my bag. And I'm thinking four hours. This is my upgrade. I had a nice exit row, leg completely sprawled out. And this is what I got upgraded to. Now, beggars can't be choosers. Everything worked out. But let me just tell you this. When you sign up for upgrades, if you do through the Delta app or even through American, you have the opportunity to designate which kind of seats you would actually accept. And so I made sure on the next leg that I only accepted an upgrade if it was the seat that I preferred, for example, an aisle seat. And so you have to keep this in mind uh, as you're uh, taking upgrades and things like that because sometimes you could have a nice exit row or a nice aisle seat and you get moved up to Comfort Plus, but it's a middle seat. I do not consider that an upgrade. So make sure that you clarify exactly what kind of seat you are willing to take. Now, flew into Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City Airport is actually really well laid out. I was impressed. I've been impressed with it every time that I've been there. Had no problem with the rental car. We got our rental car. We got on the road in no time at all. And it was easy peasy. Even coming back, my rental car had some issues a couple days early, was back near the airport, swapped it out, no problems, took a little bit of time just to fill out some paperwork and get it back on the road. But the, the company was great, worked with Avis, no problems at all, and really can't say enough about renting the rental car, returning the rental car to Salt Lake City Airport, and the entire layout of the airport is excellent. Now, what I want to do now is talk about some food options in Salt Lake in the surrounding area. Those of you who know me know that I like to think about food and go eat different places and food. And so one of my friends told me, hey, why don't you do places you would eat if you went to these cities? And so that's what I want to do for the rest of this podcast today is kind of give you an update of, hey, if you're in these areas, these are things you need to check out. So for breakfast, the number one breakfast spot that I think is really not really a breakfast spot. It's more of a grab and go. They're called kolaches. Now, I had had a kolache in Texas way back in the day, but my buddy Ben introduced me to this place called Haruska's in Salt Lake City and in Provo that have these kolaches, which is like this roll stuffed inside with, for example, you get bacon, egg, and cheese jalapenos stuffed inside this amazingly cooked piece of bread. Or you can get different things. They're featured on uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives. And they also have sweet and savory. They have all kinds of different things. Friends, you've got to check this out. Even on this trip, we had a couple people like, I don't really like kolaches. We go to them and they're like, this is not what I expected. And so typically I would grab one savory and one sweet. Great, great, fills your stomach. Great taste, different options. Easy to get in and out. There's normally a line, but they move quickly. It's affordable. It's a great, great option if you're in Provo, if you're in Salt Lake, and they have a couple more places. But listen, 
their hours are until they sell out, which means most days they run out of these kolaches. So if you want one, if you're in the area, make sure you go check this out. In fact, one day I went for a two mile run and it just so happened that on mile two, I ended up at the kolache place. It's unbelievable. The Kalachi place happened to be about a half a mile from the hotel I was staying at. So I figured, what, a, what about a two-mile run followed by a nice little walking breakfast back to the hotel? So check out Haruska's if you're in the area. What about coffee joints? A couple things about coffee. There are coffee places all in the valley, which is kind of interesting because of the LDS culture. But ultimately, there's a couple places that we went that I think are excellent options for you. Number one is this. Uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company is headquartered there. We checked out their coffee. It was excellent. Really enjoyed the drink that I got there. Then there's also this place called Coffee Garden. It's in the Salt Lake, really downtown area. Nice little spot. Walked in, looked up at the board, and could not believe how affordable the prices are. You go in some of these coffee shops these days, and the prices just seem to get higher and higher and higher. But let me tell you this. If I'm ever back in Salt Lake, Coffee Garden is getting my business in a visit. Excellent cold brew I had there. Really, really good opportunity. There's some other places strewn throughout the city and in other cities that you can check out. But those are the two that I really want to point out. Now, if you know the culture of Salt Lake at all, you know that they like hamburgers, they like French fries, and they like ice cream. And then if you're not getting hamburgers, French fries, or ice cream, another great option is Mexican food. And so what I want to do is kind of point to some of these places as well. So let's just start with ice cream. Let's go dessert first. There are great many places all along and all throughout the valley that have ice cream selections but the best bang for your buck is Iceberg Drive-In. Let me tell you this. If you go to Iceberg, whether you go to the original or one of the other locations, trust me when I tell you your first one, order a mini. Don't order a small. Don't order a large. Order a mini. You will thank me later. It is your introduction to the size and the quantity of ice cream. Order a mini to start off many different flavors, but the mini is the appropriate amount of ice cream if you're just starting out and not knowing what to expect. Great, great flavor, great price. It's a really good opportunity for you at Iceberg Drive-In. Also, I would encourage you, whether you're in Logan, which is far north where Utah State is, or near BYU, these schools have local creameries on campus. And let me tell you this, it is excellent. The ice cream at Utah State is phenomenal at the local creamy. Some people don't even know about it, but if you're ever in the Logan area or on campus at Utah State, then you need to check that out. And I would go as far as say this. If you're ever near an agricultural school anywhere in the country and they have a creamery, it's a must-go-to. It speaks for itself. And so ice cream is one of the staples. Back to the burger option. There is this place in Provo, Utah called Back Door Burger, spelled B-R-G-R. It is off University Avenue, just south of the campus, just north of Center Street, and it was phenomenal. I had this Colorado burger that had some jalapeno cream cheese. It had some candied jalapenos. It had a peach mango uh, barbecue sauce with some barbecue on the burger, some bacon. It was phenomenal. Had some fries that were Cajun fries as well. This place is fantastic. They serve you drinks. The Diet Coke I had was in this massive glass. It is a must visit. It is actually right above an axe throwing uh, place. And so it's upstairs. 
in Provo, downtown Provo, backdoor burger. You got to try it out. Now, for Mexican food, a couple things to think about. It is excellent. And you can have a variety of different places. But the two places I want to speak about, one has been featured on Diners, Drives, and old Guy Fieri went to it. And it's called the Red Iguana. It is, was actually the very first stop that I went to when I got off the airport the very first time I flew into Salt Lake um, most recently. And I've taken students back every time. And we actually take them to Red Iguana too. There's two spots right around the corner from each other. One's just a larger seating area, serve the exact same thing. But they're known for their mole sauce. They're known for the specific spice and, and, and sauce that they create to taste different flavors. And it is excellent. This most recent trip, I had a mango enchilada plate. It had mango mole. It was absolutely amazing over carnitas enchiladas. And so I would encourage you, check out Red Iguana. A little bit pricey, but actually it's not too bad. You can get chips and salsa for free, drink some water. Great, great spot to hit up. Now, if you're in a group of, let's just say, anywhere from four to ten, there's this place in Provo called El Gairo Giro, and it is a hole-in-the-wall place that has amazing food, and what you can order is a family platter. It's about $45 for this family platter, and you could probably feed five to six people off this platter. It comes with an incredible, like almost a fajita-style layout of meat, of all kinds of meat, of chicken, of steak, of carnitas. It has cactus. It has pineapple. It has peppers and onions. It has everything. It even has some seafood. It's an amazing opportunity. It comes with some tortillas as well. And you're basically making your own fajitas. And the family, one of these feeds five to six people. It is excellent. So if you're ever in Provo, check out El Gairo Giro as well. Now, last thing I want to say about food is sometimes you just got to have a good slice of pizza. And I normally wouldn't think about a place in Utah having good pizza, but both times I had pizza this trip, they were excellent. The first place I had pizza was up in Logan. And in Logan, Utah, up in Logan, there's a place called Lucky Slice. You order pizza by the slice. And I had two incredible slices of pizza. One, I only ordered one, and they brought it to the table. It was phenomenal, great taste, great flavor, different layers of flavor and heat and things like that. And they accidentally left another slice for us that nobody else ordered. And so we kind of all took a little cut off of that. And that pizza was even better than the one I ordered. Had layers of heat and flavor and taste. And they also had these almost like donut balls that were actually filled with cheese and they were excellent as well so if you're ever in logan check out a lucky slice pizza really good spot and then one night we were down serving we were actually working um doing some ministry late and we decided we wanted pizza afterwards and so we went to um, the place in provo called fat daddy's pizzeria not to be confused with big daddy it's fat daddy's pizzeria and at this pizza joint we had Two pizzas that were just wonderful. The first one we had was the Bianca, and it was a white-based pizza that just had so much flavor and so much uh, depth to it. It was a great, great pizza. And then we also had kind of a meat lover's pizza, which was also very, very, very good. I would not recommend having the wings there, but it was excellent. In fact, there's another pizza, another kind of appetizer called Miss Piggy Special or something like that, or Piggy Sticks. And these things are like bacon and cheese bread, and they too are excellent. All right. 
great food trip. We did a lot of ministry. But if you're ever in Provo, Logan, Ogden, Salt Lake City, check out these restaurants. You will not be disappointed. I hope you have a great week. I hope your appetite is ready to eat. Let me know what some of your favorite spots are, and I'll hit them up next time. <music>